0: Newshounds from Queen City Nerve is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at Queen City Podcast Welcome
1: to Queen City Nerve's Newshounds Podcast, episode 17. We are back in the Advent Coworking Podcast Studio. As always, I am joined by my co-host. Justin Francois <coughs> brought some booze for us today, as, long as as well as our guests. but we'll start with Justin. What are we drinking on the spirit side of things? One of my
2: favorite cocktails, I call it straight bourbon, uh, it's just Doc Porter's bourbon in a glass.
1: Nice. Right, so I remember when you were a bartender telling me that whenever somebody asks you what your favorite cocktail is, you just pour them some bourbon. Yeah. yeah. What,
2: what, what do you like to drink? Oh man, I used to hate those questions so much, I <laughs> miss them so much. Well, what do you recommend? Order a fucking
1: <laughs> and today we have a uh, special guest, longtime friend of mine, and a perfect, uh, perfect person to join us on the Newshound's podcast. It is the co-founder, co-owner of Salud Beer Shop, Salud Cerveceria. What's the name of the kitchen? Just Salud? Yeah, we don't need another name. I got <laughs> you. And it is Jason Glunt. What's going on, Jason?
3: How you doing? How's everyone doing today?
1: Pretty good, man. You brought some of your own beer to... Uh, to share with us today tell us about what we're what we got here
3: yes we brought uh, two different cans we have the mr spas premium kvik um this is uh delicious. really easy drinking pilsner malt sized hops brewed just like a lager except for use a kvick ale yeast which is a uh, ancient norwegian yeast uh, ferments really fast and at a higher temperature so it gives a little different little different mouthfeel a little different flavor And then we have the Cutlass Helles Lager, which is a traditional German Helles Lager. Both, like, super easy drinking, especially in the hot weather.
1: That's That's what I got right here. Um, And tell me a little bit about this can design. (laughs)
3: Yeah, so um, our artist is uh, Lisa Correa. She's um, based out of Atlanta. Uh, Art Addict on Instagram. A-R-R-R-T Addict. Nice. On Instagram. And uh, we actually met her at a beer fest. We were pouring our beer in Atlanta. It was a uh, female and like minority owned beer fest, um, focused beer fest. And my wife, Darrenlin, was on the panel there. And we got to pour some of our beer. And she had some really nice art. She had some Andre 3000 pieces and some other stuff that caught my eye. And we just kind of connected. And the colors that she uses and everything really. It feels perfect for yeah. our brand. So we love, love it. it. And uh, she, we're just basically canning of our beers now because we can't... No point in kegging. Right, beer. exactly.
1: Well, speaking of Daryl, Lynn, um you guys have both been longtime friends of mine since before Salute back in the Renaissance pool days. Um, but congratulations to her, who's at home right now, but she's expecting. And um, I assume I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> um, but so... Wish you guys all the best. Is that uh, number two? Number two for
3: uh,
1: number three for me. Number two for her.
3: Right. So I actually have a 18 year old daughter as well. Mm-hmm. She lives down in the Balentine area. Right. Uh, she's actually graduating this year, so. Oh, nice. And well, congrats uh, to her as well.
1: As she graduates, I have another kid, so it's. Right. <laughs> um, and another congratulations to you as well, because just last month, I believe, maybe late March or early April. For the second year in a row, Salute Beer Shop won Reader's Pick from USA Today for Best Beer Shop in the Country.
3: Yeah, it was crazy. Right. um, So you get nominated. um, I believe we were nominated three years ago the first time. I think we came in fifth or something like that the first time out of like 20 places. And we were nominated by a beer writer named Ale Sharpton. And he's based out of Atlanta, too. So Mm -hmm. it was really really cool to be nominated by somebody who's just not your buddy that lives on the street or something like that somebody that lives in a whole different city, you know, three, four hours away. And uh, it was out of the blue, man, than last year. We just, we really hyped it up and we won. And then to do it two years in a row felt really good. It gave us like a little ray of ray of hope and good vibes. Cause it, I mean, it came out like the week that all the COVID stuff started. So we were right. really scared and just didn't know what was going on. So we even felt awkward to announce it, you know, like, mm-hmm. should we do it? And people are like, oh, I'll give people something good to talk about, something. Right. non-COVID related to talk about, so it was definitely weird emotions that week, but it was uh, still pretty cool.
1: Right, and I've been coming there, like I said, I've known you since before y'all opened, but even without that friendship, I mean, y'all's spot just fits so well into your into your location And Noda. Um, tell me a little bit before we get into the, the details of what brought you on today and, and our, our cover story, the issue that just came out, sort of talking about the local beer scene in Charlotte during COVID and how people are coming together, how people are adapting. But before that, just tell me a little bit about you and your wife just sort of coming to found or launching this business and what vibe you were going for and how you carried that out. So we, uh, we were both in the, she
3: was in school. We met, um, in college and, um, we were both still in the service industry, bartending, main tables and stuff. And we lived, um, where heist is, those condos. mm -hmm a lot cheaper back then. This right. like, 2011, 2010, like, a lot of the rent was pretty cheap. It was crazy. And uh, I would always drive past this corner place, and it was like, uh, man, that could, you know, it was empty at the time, here in between.
1: For those who don't know, it's right across the street from the dog bar. Yeah.
3: And that's our original spot, like, a 1,000 square feet. Um, And at the time, you know, Ber- Noda was opening, Birdsong was opening in the area, and then there were you know, bars that sold craft beer. And then I was like, man, there's no way you can really craft-focused retail and giraffes to go in Noda. And uh, I just thought the time we went for it, we started with literally hardly anything. We bootstrapped it. Like, it's crazy how we got it started. Right. We couldn't do that now. There's no way. People are... You need way too much money now to open. Um, But it was early 2012, which seems like a whole nother life.
1: Right, um, Does that insane. do you say that because of the rent spaces for any sort of retail, or because beer is so popular that everybody's trying to do it, or what yeah. makes you say that you couldn't do it now?
3: Uh, a little bit of both, I mean the rent obviously, now just the entry to market is so much higher. Um, and just back then there was only so much beer, you know you were kinda into just educating people on everything. Where now people come in They already know Every single beer They got their untapped app open They know everything So you gotta come in You gotta come correct Or you might as well Not even open All Right Um Back then it was more like We could kind of Teach people along the way And we got into Like as I Grew my palate For beers We got into sour beer Then I pushed Sour beer Because I really loved it mm-hmm. And then we started Doing Sour Fest At the neighborhood theater And it then sour beer Started exploding And it's just put Showing people What you like I can't sell stuff I don't like you well, know, mm-hmm. I'm not, not going to BS you and be like, oh, this is great, and it tastes like right. not good, you know. So um, I just kind of go off my palate, and I keep up with what people are drinking, and I try to go from there, and we've done it since 2012, which is crazy. Right. It's crazy.
1: Eight years in. Yeah. Um, so was it always part of the business plan to open Salud Cerveceria, which is sort of a bigger space upstairs above you guys? I mean, I remember when that was... Uh, not Word Up, what was it called? Uh, wine Up. Wine Up. And uh, you guys have opened that and then had food at Salud for a little while but separated from the guys who were running that food and did your own kitchen, now doing great pizza that we have some of it here. But was this always part of the business plan to sort of adapt and do all these different things? or?
3: No, I mean, uh, it's funny, like, there, over the years, people, you know, of opening bottle shops and stuff, they'll, they'll come by and like, hey man, do you have, like, your business plan? I was like, dude, my business plan was... Open. Yeah. Yeah. My business plan was an open cell. It was on a notepad (laughs) and I was like, I'm kind of embarrassed. You know, they expect some huge like, you know, I was like, dude, you don't understand how I opened. And just like six months after you open, that business plan is junk, you know, it changes. I mean we had no plans to do anything. I just wanted to pay my bills and make a decent living and kind of run my own thing. Um and it just as opportunities arose, spaces keep available, we just took them over. Um the the brewery thing wasn't something that was like, we got to do it, but I could see it changing where the tap rooms were getting so popular that they would take all of our business away. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we could offer our own beer, plus have other people's beer to sell retail-wise. it could kind of all be a one-stop shop. Right. And we could become part of that brewery, kind of tour brewery area of Noda, you know. so right. That was kind of strategic, but... It just the upstairs came available you know and we took advantage of it I wasn't like openly like looking for a huge brewery or anything right but it just came opportunity we, we took it
1: and y'all um, like you said have been a part of this beer scene since 2012 when as you said Old Mech and Noda jumped off and Bird Song what's it been like for you as a part of that scene and up until you opened Cerveceria was you know not necessarily in the brewery scene but in in that whole beer thing, like watching it grow, what's it been like for you to just to watch that happen and be in it?
3: Yeah, it's been it's been great. I mean, it's it's insane. You go to I've been to Denver a few years at JBF, and you would see like the crew from Note out there, and then they would win an award. And you'd be like super pumped for like oh mm-hmm. Charlotte, you know, or North Carolina, all the North Carolina breweries that won awards, um, and just seeing that we could take this to across the country and people respected our beer and respected our, our beer scene was really cool to see grow i mean because we like i said when we opened there was you know Nota the Song gonna be a couple like rock bottom maybe mm-hmm. you no know, hops right i think and i think that on top of my head that's that was it you know mm-hmm. and there's what for a couple of years 12 what? breweries on the street yeah 30, 30 <laughs> like, in charlotte yeah yeah
1: 25 in the area yeah
3: and in the fact that they were you know Everybody's open and got people and, and staying pretty busy. It's, it's pretty cool that we can all survive next to each other and and work together. And it's been it's been co- really cool meeting so many people. And I'm like, dude, I remember when you were talking about opening your brewery. And, mm-hmm. You know, and three years later, here they go. And um, even Ben um, for Divine Barrel, he he was um, working for Tenth and Blake, which is like a craft beer company, part of Miller. And then he was like, I'm gonna go open my brewery. And he came and helped us out and worked in the shop a few shifts a week while he was getting the brewery started. So
1: what was his? And then what did he open? The uh, Divine Barrel. Divine Barrel. Divine Barrel. Gotcha. So it's pretty
3: cool to see somebody have like a really a great brewery down the street from us. And it's mm-hmm. like, man, he he worked here for a little bit while I got it going, and you know we all know each other and we know each other's story. And, right.
1: And we've seen a couple close over the last year or two, um, and I know. A lot of people on social media like to always, especially folks who just like hate on the beer scene hardcore. Just mm-hmm. like, oh, another brewery opening, this and that, mm-hmm. and then you see a couple close, um, which in the last I want to say year and a half, it was um, maybe even just a year, it was Three Spirits Brewery off of old old Con, not old Concord, no. old Pineville mm-hmm. Road, and then Bold Missy right up the street from you guys, which is unfortunate because you know Bold Missy was the only. women-owned brewery, you got Three Spirits, where Taboo is the only black-owned, or the only uh, black owner of a brewery, and, but a lot of people will sort of jump on that and be like, "Is the bubble bursting, but then a lot of folks who know what they're talking about, like Matt McKenzie, for example, who wrote the cover story, uh, folks should check out, it's on our website, Um, and he's, he's, has a great cover story about sort of the effects of COVID on beer business specifically, and we'll get into that a little bit, but he's always been the one on social media to stand up and say, you know, this is the same as any restaurant industry, or this and that, where it's not necessarily a bubble is going to burst anytime soon, because that demand is still high.
3: If you have have 20, 30 some breweries in the area, if you include surrounding counties, you know, Gastonia, Lake Norman, all that stuff, in two or three close over, that's pretty good percentage. Yeah, I mean, compared to restaurants, that's just people who for whatever reason or against the brewing industry maybe they not like beer so it's like well, whatever, whatever. there's
2: only been four breweries to close in Charlotte period being mm-hmm. those two Rock Bottom yeah. and uh, Four Corners yes. yeah
1: Four Corners four, I don't remember Four that. Friends
3: Four Friends Four Friends whatever Four Corners <laughs> makes sense
1: <laughs> maybe they should have called it they'd be fine <laughs> right now and in
3: the, in the Rock Bottom was a, that's like a national change so that's that, yeah, that yeah. really has nothing to do with the local industry but even in general I mean now everything's who knows man I mean, this is who knows what's gonna happen now but Mm -hmm. from what I've you know from the friends I've talked to everybody seems to be pivoting and figuring out what to do and you know doing delivery and takeout shipping beer to survive and I think that most people will make it through I mean we don't know how long this is gonna last or the lasting effects it's gonna change everything well from my perspective it's kind of it's
2: it's really figuring out how to how to deal with when it opens like Cinco de Mayo was uh, eye-opening uh, it's, where, where are my words where are my words it was eye-opening how Crazy. how slaughtered businesses are going to get yeah. when people are allowed to do something and it's not even that they were allowed to go to those places for Cinco de Mayo but it's just like yeah. you, you people tend to forget that they're spending all their time at home so they're not consuming real world stuff anymore that the flood into that economy is what's going to overwhelm a lot of these businesses.
3: Yeah, and also just the by restaurants not being open, like with your normal flow of like <coughs> your your turns on your tables. That's mm-hmm. a, there's a, that gives like a rhythm to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, say you go by a Mexican restaurant on mm-hmm. Cinco de Mayo and it's packed, and there's like all right, there's a thir- thirty minute wait. You, know, you can have some drinks, sit outside. You kind of have an expectation mm-hmm. when like everybody's. just Going on a website in order to go you have zero all the same time. right all at the same time and then like so it throws everything off so i felt i'm just really glad i didn't own a mexican restaurant right. <laughs> yeah airport. you know like i what do you do like and the problem is the people who aren't in the industry they're not expected and it's people general population doesn't know that and they're not right. really supposed to know that it's not yeah, their yeah. industry they're right. idiots and people are
1: gonna <laughs> if people <are> gonna, <laughs> Well, that's a motto that Justin and I have as business Whoa. owners. Like you have to plan for people being idiots because yeah, yeah. there's well, a lot of.
3: That's why I love Matt on because you know I, me for me owning a business, I like, gotta be really careful with what I say. Mm-hmm. And he says all this stuff. Say it for thing. you, yeah. yeah. so it's great because yep. people get really angry, man. Really, right, they, they will attack you. Um, yeah, but I saw people online. I saw, um, you know, people in my family own Mexican restaurants, like like my brother-in-law owns all the Sabor's and th- I mean dude I don't even talk I don't even want to ask him I'm, I'm right. saying, I mean, what do you do because like you
1: just I, I went to Sabor because I have I drive Postmates in my free time sometimes mm-hmm. just to I don't like especially in this instance, taking money from our business account and paying myself I'm, our, our whole thing is paying the, the people who contribute blah 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 mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is when I'm driving Postmates I went to as the first order that night and I sat there for an hour and 15 minutes waiting because they had three orders that they gave me at once and I was just like I know why, I mean, they came out with a bunch of social media saying stuff is because of Postmates not really listening to them about their capability or their capacity. Party went, well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I know people do have their own opinions on Postmates <clears throat> and not paying restaurants enough and this and that. Um, but just uh, from my experience of sitting there, it, it was just a shit show because everybody ordered at one time. Mm. And people were showing up like they just wanted to order.
3: Yeah, I just. I- I don't have the answer, man. I don't know, right. man, what could you do? Because you can't, it's like invisibly ordering, nobody, because you go to, like I, again, you go to a restaurant; it's full. you're like, all right, we're going to wait. And you go to a Mexican place on the of a mile, you're going to mm-hmm. wait. Yeah. And if there's not a wait at a Mexican place on the of a mile, probably don't want to eat there. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're,
2: you're absolutely right about the ebb and flow of things, because mm-hmm. if you're waiting 30 minutes to get seated to place your order, you're not placing your order at the same time mm-hmm. somebody's sitting down. So... I mean, production is what I... Because when when the world starts to open back up, like, whether it be the phases of North Carolina reopening or going just from people staying at home to people being out in public, it's going to be a split of people that still won't go out. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be doing that ordering while people are on 30-minute waits, and then the bad Yelp reviews will start coming in. and Right, that's and, the and, shitty part. I'd say
3: that was the... People stop going and... The grace period ended for businesses yesterday. I feel because there was a grace period where people were like, "All right, we're gonna give you time to get here." Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, <laughs> get your shit together. He's asking if we can. <laughs> we're gonna, we're <like>, gonna <laughs> give you time to get your shit together. You know, which that was, you know, it. I've seen people so, so supportive and still supportive. Everybody's, you know, this is. I get it, man. Every, I'm not. Everybody's mind is racing in, in a weird place, and we're all <clears> mentally <throat> in weird places, and so I get it, but yesterday people were I think they were just done and I think people are on the edge too man so it's mm-hmm. a mix of both you know maybe I mean obviously all these restaurants yesterday will hopefully learn what they can but by next Cinco de mile, what's it gonna be right we don't know man like and nobody knows what gonna the grace period is, of, is officially a year
1: it um, should be
2: yeah well no that was in there was some correspondence from the governor's office right when oh, this all started. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I was about that was to say, terrible. yeah. But the grace period is a year. Like, you just have one year to not be a dick to um, the service industry, no matter who that person is. But some then, folks can't handle but that. But man. then that goes, so after that year is up, then that is supposed to go until you die. Oh. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> also,
1: Indefinite.
3: Also, I guarantee you, any any most restaurants, you know, we're, we're, our job is we're service industry people. We're here to take care of people. And we'll do whatever we can to fix mistakes. And um, going on Facebook and be like, I, hey, I'm going to get a, re- I need to get a refund. This is horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, just email the, the restaurant. Give right. me your order number or whatever. I guarantee you, they <laughs> yeah. will.
1: You don't need. We don't.
3: We right. get it. You know, you're you're upset, but like, just go to the the restaurant. And the, the, trust me, they'll try to do whatever they can to fix it.
1: It's one of those attention whore things because we get the same shit for typos where it's like yeah. somebody finds a dumb little typo in an article and they come on. Social media publicly and say, "Aren't you fucking supposed to write for a living? Aren't you journalists? And you can't get this right?" And it's like, "Okay, you could have just emailed me if you really information care." Information is
2: everywhere. My phone number is my personal cell phone number. Is our
3: business phone number? Like, you can just call me and tell me it's fine. Right? Yeah, we'll <laughs> fix it. Uh, no, that. we get it. I mean, I got like my sausage fingers dude I can't text or anything I mean our company slack is like a joke Mm. because my wife's like okay here's what you meant to say (laughs) so I do me and my wife do our social media and I do a lot of Instagram posts I'm on my phone I'm I'm working I'm taking pictures and and I usually spell something wrong and then I get like oh what do you mean but I I get (laughs) it (laughs) dude yeah you You can read between the lines but it's like it's a it's part of the social media game but going forward I don't know what I mean what are we going to do in the restaurant industry man like I don't how's it going to be and like mm-hmm. even if it's, it's at limited
2: capacity it's just like and, and Matt somebody had brought it up in Matt's story saying that what are they are, are restaurants or breweries or anything supposed to hire people to keep a headcount at the door like oh, right. you, you know it's at a certain point and increases
3: your labor costs mm-hmm. to a point where you can't operate a profitable business it's already hard enough and that's a death sentence for really small restaurants like oh you can open a half capacity it's like cool man outback's cool with that you know cheesecake factory whatever but like what about the great like Vietnamese spot on Central Avenue or mm-hmm. the Thai place or wherever and you know it's this family run and really small and they may be you know the small places Probably got shut out of a lot of the PPP stuff because, you know, they don't have some great relationship with their banker or whatever, right. you know? And like, mm-hmm. cause
1: Look bank, at Lang Van. like yeah, They man. don't necessarily have the best ways of communicating with whomever they need to get in touch with for a PPP loan. Yeah. But they're a Charlotte favorite. That doesn't necessarily mean that's gonna that's not going to get them through.
3: I mean, are we going to get through this and everybody's got to eat like, Outback or Chili? Oh, those, dude, God, dude. Like,
1: but, you know, that's the fucking worst thought in my head. I... Love chili. <laughs> he also <laughs> he also loves Nickelback.
3: So. <laughs> um, you know, so it's 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 scary, man. It's like you're gonna go out and like your server's wearing gloves and mask. Like that's not gonna freak. I don't you like, out. like that. It's I don't gonna like freak that people. because your kids, your kids are gonna get freaked out. Like, oh, yeah. gonna... Aside from that, uh,
2: it's just like gloves and shit. That it's dirty. It's yeah. dirty just like your hands are.
1: Right, gloves protect you when you take the gloves off. Yeah, but they, if you're they, they, just wearing you're gloves, hands. you're spreading stuff around the same. I wear gloves. Uh, I had like six gloves at one point when Can it you started. Me that bourbon? And I would. Uh, Are you, do you want some? I would put some on. I would put the gloves on. I would put one on at a time and do the uh, getting gas. And then I'd throw it out when I'm done, and that would be the best use for it. But if you just wear a glove around everywhere, you're not. You're just doing the same thing as skin. Um. So, tell us a little bit, uh, just for some shameless plugging, um, we can fit in here as to what you guys are doing. I know my dad lives all the way up North Charlotte, has been ordering yeah. beer from you guys. You guys do drive delivery and yes. carry out. Just tell us a little bit about how you guys have pivoted. Your,
3: your dad loves PBR and knows True Grit. I play every week. He's consistent. He's listening to this, <laughs> too. Right? You know, uh, but no, we... we so, I mean we all had to do this. Every brewery, every restaurant in Charlotte, in the country, in the world, shit, we all had to do this. You know, in twenty four hours we're trying to figure out how to change our business and we go through luckily we we've been using Square since we opened and they have a online store platform and they were actually really quick to add features for everybody. Um, I heard that they were the first to Yeah, start man, It's been great. I mean, I literally had to put every item of inventory. Oh, you know, yeah. Over 300, you know. And Y'all have a lot of beer. <laughs> yeah, but we got a system down now, and if we're within a 10-mile radius, we can deliver um, or curbside or pick up. can just order online now. It's great. Mm-hmm. And I'd say 75% of orders are online, mm-hmm. and I'll wake up, and we'll have, like, 15 orders. People are ordering beer at, like, 3 a.m., you know? And,
2: <laughs> right. And, uh, when, you want, when you run out. Yeah. yeah. You want it, you it's know. like,
1: damn, this is not coming tonight. Well, so uh,
2: <laughs> Resident Culture... Uh, started doing pop-ups mm-hmm. around town um, and they say that that's been that's been
3: working pretty well for them if you consider yeah we've thought about it but we don't we, we're a smaller brewery so when we can we don't have much to what's your like what's your
1: average canning amount we do
3: like 65 cases which isn't a lot Per beer total. Per beer. Per beer. So okay. we. Is that like, during this? I'm assuming the numbers yeah. have gone up for so, canning. Yeah, that's all. I mean, that's you know, 65 mm-hmm. sometimes 80 cases for lager, So these are like 80, mm-hmm. and we're going through them pretty quick. So, but I, I mean, we thought about it. We looked into. I think Divine Barrels doing that too. I talked to James. I work Saturday, and it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. What about the? What about the legality of that? So or I mean just saying, "Fuck <laughs> ABC no, right now." No. <laughs>
1: He's not on the record. Um, yeah, no, nobody, nobody on
3: the record is. But but um, I don't know. I think if you have a special event permit, which we have, most breweries have. If you're at a festival, you have a special event oh, permit. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, as long as you have like some kind of physical address, and I think the proceeds have to go to something. I don't know. So maybe, maybe they're it's just set, setting it up saying... I mean, I don't know. Oh, I just don't, heard. I don't know. because we well, It's all speculation, Yeah, because right? no I, like, I haven't looked into it. It's a great idea. you're right. With,
2: with a special events permit, you would be allowed to take your beer onto a property that has a special event permit. But it's also like,
3: no, but yeah, I don't know. See, that's why for me... I don't think you can take your no. special event permit and be like,
2: I'm going to... Have this pop up as an event and sell beer. Go to my buddy's driveway or something. Yeah, <laughs> you can I wish that.
1: you guys could see Justin <laughs> holding this huge special <laughs> event permit in his hands as he's talking. <laughs> and I'm gonna bring it over here. It's kind of gold bars. <laughs> <laughs> it's really big. So buddy. you mentioned earlier, and you were just talking about special events, the Sour Fest, and I know you to probably be the biggest advocate for sour beer in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about your slogan or not slogan tagline. I don't know what you want to call it. Sour beer, Nintendo, old school, old school hip hop, pizza. Pizza, is that it? Salute. Yes. <laughs> um, we should put coffee, but it's we really can't get that. Yeah. I mean, how much did you, I, I've gone in there and just sat and played Nintendo before drinking craft beer? Yeah. Um, you guys just decided this is the shit I'm interested in, so this is what my business is going to be
2: have the
3: best business model. Well. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, we're heavy on nostalgia, man. We get all the old school hornet stuff and everything. Like, people love that. Right. They remind you, like, when I opened, man, we didn't, I don't know what the fuck I was doing, man. You mm-hmm. know, I was a bartender forever, and I knew the industry. That was all I needed. To, that was the biggest. I went to, I actually went to college, um, business school, all that stuff. The only thing that prepared me for that was working in the service industry for, Ten years before I opened you know mm-hmm. since I was 18 I worked in the service industry open student I was 30 hmm and that experience was invaluable how to take care of people how to make people feel comfortable that's I mean most of us have all the same beers mm-hmm. you know now but how do you create that vibe create the atmosphere it's really really important you know um, but back then everything. yeah and back yeah. then like and that's why we got the upstairs if, if anybody who's been listening who's been Upstairs is completely different than downstairs. It is, yeah. Upstairs is a little more swanky. You know, it is, more yeah. chill. Downstairs Probably, is like a basement with, you know, playing video games. Right. But it's, we kind of were kind of going for that. We don't want...
1: Downstairs is the basement. Upstairs is mom and dad's. Yeah. And I love, more like, mature.
3: the first time people come in and I tell them to go upstairs. And they walk... They can go either back hallway, which we try to send them because we have all the art from Nico there. Yeah, that it's cool. And to see their face. Because they don't... They just think it's like downstairs, you know, some yeah. little corner and they see their face and they see up they're like oh shit man this is fucking nice you know it's Yeah. Like, like yeah man <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's cool it's great like you want to create that that's something that people remember mm-hmm. because you got to be different somehow because there are so many places in the city that were opening you know, just before the coronavirus stuff I mean shit man I mean, restaurants it seemed like every day there was five and yeah and you know and they're getting bigger and they got more money behind them and they got PR teams man I don't have a PR team right you know it's like me and my wife man that's mm-hmm. and that's kind of goes back to the you thing of, <laughs> that's
1: what we're here for <laughs> yeah that's why we I, got, I, got you here that's why I miss <laughs> that's
3: why I misspell my Instagram post you know yeah it's, it's me. More and, authentic. And, uh, but that's part of the reason why we stuff like the pop-ups are a great idea but right now it's like me two bartenders Guys in the kitchen, I got some delivery guys, and like my wife's so pregnant, she can't do anything. Right. She runs all the events, she runs all that stuff, right? So, I'm like, Man, I can't. That's a vulnerable population, man. She's yeah. she
1: and like, she needs to quarantine. Yeah, quarantine. it's
3: it's you know, it's like we, you know, not to get dramatic, but you know, we we risked everything to stay open because I, I had to be at work every day mm-hmm. and I could possibly bring it home to my wife and kid, mm-hmm. but we didn't have a choice, man. You know, right. so um, it's yeah, it's just crazy times, man, to think about, but. How much are sales down? Our sales are there. We're doing pretty good, man. I can't complain. But for with upstairs being closed, I mean, we started off being down like ten thousand a week. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but still, like for this situation, we're doing really good, man. I yeah, cannot I complain at all. That's good. Our pair, you know, We had a, we had a furlough almost. Yeah. Fourteen people. You know. All right. Um. So that that was that was really hard. But because you know what can you you're you're better off going on unemployment than like hey man I got two shifts for you delivering beer for three hours is like it's wasting everybody's time. Yeah. From my experience, it's been kind of similar. So you know,
2: I was bartending when this all happened. I got laid off from Zeppelin and Southend. I applied to unemployment and I got approved to get thirty one dollars a week for twelve weeks, but they won't send it to me. Like I, I haven't. I got approved for it oh. like three weeks ago, but I've, I've never started receiving
1: it. Did you see what Pat did? What? He wrote to Jeff Jackson on Facebook, and Jeff Jackson like called somebody, and Pat got all his money at once. Oh, well, all you should my try Jeff, like, man.
3: That's what they're doing. You'll get it all at once. Uh, you should be like, hey, Jeff.
2: I'm
1: the guy who cursed too much in that podcast we recorded <laughs> <Yeah>. together. <laughs>
2: we got off of that podcast and he looked at me and he said, You curse a lot. Yeah, as soon as we
1: <laughs> hit stop on the recording. So,
3: if I see you rolling, you know, on some some dubs in a few weeks you got paid yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: well so and and I asked a lot of my service industry friends I was in the service industry for 10 years before we started this paper and you know a lot of them were making at most 20 more dollars a week than I was from unemployment and it's just like if, if I was only in that situation and I didn't have a different way to pull myself up um, I would totally work two days a week delivering. exactly it like, yeah yeah and that's why those speculations on people thinking that their employees are gonna make more from unemployment because no. of that six hundred dollars stimulus add on they were supposed to do for
3: no that's each week. rare like, that's like some of your management type people or yeah. some of your you know and and it's become like of course it's become some like political thing which man this is about helping people man like I don't care about your political party and all that bullshit man just like. Let's help people. People need help right now. We need. Mm-hmm. Right. This is like the Great Depression, World War Two, like stuff that once in a lifetime thing that we're gonna have to really figure this out because once we this, literally just landed
2: in a history book. Yeah, because right. like
3: once this unemployment stuff ends, like I don't know how many people I can bring back at once. Mm-hmm. If you're telling me you can have twenty five people here from three to five, and they each gotta you know like right. have um, gloves on and you gotta take them off, you know, like salute.
1: Salute is closed quarters, man. Yeah, you know. Like, I like it. Yeah, you know, like
3: <laughs> so I don't you know like when do we open up when is it worth it for me to open up and like have employees there and make money and like yeah, cause you have and to... be safe and like cause right now I'm right now I just in people's heads it's like they're over it mm-hmm. and everybody's over it and I see people I see every day I'm out there people more cars people are more careless and people are just like whatever
1: people are driving weird as shit man and it's I love like,
3: that people are just over it And they, yeah, so I think in their minds so cause like yeah. it, dude it's like every day is like groundhog day Mm-hmm. like legit it is we were just talking about that the other the night the news yeah. is the same bullshit every day and it's just like bad news and like the, the cases aren't high. going down and yeah. everybody and what, well, so what happens in a month like I get two people that get sick Do we have to close for two weeks?
2: Probably. Probably.
3: Yeah, then what happens then? Where's the stimulus? The county or the state
2: will come in and say, if you have an employee that tested positive, you'll probably have to shut down. Well,
1: listen, this is a perfect segue into the second half of our podcast, because that's what we're going to talk about a little bit. So let's take a little bit of a break here for a second, here from Queen City Podcast Network in North Carolina, and we'll be right back to continue this chat. Whatever.
0: How long do runners need to stretch before hitting the road? This is a 60-second training tip powered by Ortho Carolina. Stretching muscles while the body is at rest can lengthen muscles and help runners improve performance, reduce injuries, and recover from a tough run faster. But how long should a good stretch last? The simple answer is 30 seconds. This allows your cold muscles to relax and be ready for work. Taking the time to stretch properly is critical, especially if you're coming back from an injury. Something to note, though, stretching a muscle group for longer than 30 seconds can actually decrease your speed and hurt your performance. In addition to a good pre-run stretch, spend some time after your run and stretch the same muscle groups for 30 seconds as well. This has been your 60-second training tip powered by Ortho Carolina, official team physicians of the Carolina Panthers, and proud sponsor of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more training tips or to make an appointment, visit OrthoCarolina.com.
1: And we're back on episode 17 of Clean City Nerve's Newshounds podcast. I'm going to jump right back into it because we're in mid-conversation here uh, about what's coming next. We're going to be hearing this on Friday, which is first day of phase one of Governor Cooper's reopen plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plan. It starts
2: at 5 p.m. So I'm just like, <laughs> it, it, w- like, like you said, when we start opening back up, people planning on how many employees they can bring back at one time like if you can only have 25 people in then you have to start doing math math on you know inventory replacement labor costs workforce how many people do you need to serve a certain amount of people how your seating layouts gonna be how do you distance those seating layouts like You you missed this while we were off microphone. Right, that's why I went right back to saying (laughs) we need to record again. But, like, restaurants aren't part of phase one that starts today, you listening to this today. And so, you know, the the three weeks that phase one's going on, all of these people that own and operate places where people gather, you included, especially because it's such a small space, you're going to have to spend that time not only did you spend all that time in the, the first half of this trying to rework your business model, but now you're going to have to rework it again to let people in, but not let them in to the way that you were doing it beforehand where you could just be like, all right, I already know how to do this. So, like, how, how does that concern you?
3: It's exhausting to think about because, I mean, I've been during this whole time It's just with all the stress mentally and just working so much and just trying to worry about every single day and then doing it and pivoting seeing it like work for the situation and you're just like man we gotta do this again yeah probably three or four more times you know so it's just trying to prepare yourself for it man i have no idea you know three or four more times i I mean you know yeah Yeah. if this comes back and it's bigger then it's going to be like end of the year Mm -hmm. right well you know the people being obviously not everybody but you see definitely people being more careless you know
1: oh absolutely you, it's like you said. You see more and more people on the streets every time. When yeah. when this started, when I was driving Postmates or doing whatever, just nobody. There was just nobody around. And then, like people were doing essential shit, going grocery shopping and stuff. People were out now. It's just everyone's just out. They just do whatever they want. Yeah, they just can't go to the restaurants.
2: And the thing is, is like they're they're out there doing whatever they're whatever they want under the impression that nobody else is out there doing whatever they want but they're all having that idea at the same time, and then they're all out doing whatever they want, and then that's how you
3: get the pictures on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, you see it happening, and you're just like, what do you do, you don't know? It's like a train coming, you can't stop it, you anything.
1: Well, a couple of quick facts from the latest uh, email about some frequently asked questions that the county sent out about this uh, phase one that begins today. Begins at 5 p.m., remains in place until 5 p.m., May 22nd, at the earliest. The stay-at-home order has not been lifted, increases the number, executive order number 138, which is phase one. So I'll just say phase one. Phase one increases the number of reasons people are allowed to leave. Uh, If you're feeling sick, you should stay at home. COVID-19 is highly contagious, blah, blah, blah. Phase one is different than the current stay-at-home order in the following ways. It eliminates the distinction between essential and non-essential businesses. So that's a big thing. If you're retail, stuff like that, then you're essential now, basically. Oh, so the, the mall, are, any, the mall yeah, yeah, right. I
2: saw that. I saw they wanted it open today. What if there's Thursday. a what if there's a hair salon in the mall?
1: Can uh, no, you no, you. So can't. it has to be commercial because the same retail? reason that the food court's not going to be open in the mall.
2: So it's basically saying that anybody that buys a bulk of products from a wholesaler and then sells at retail is allowed to open because that's commercial.
1: I'm just reading these bullet points. <laughs> All right, so allows, <laughs> it allows most retailers with exceptions that can comply with specific requirements to open at 50% capacity. It allows people to leave home for non-essential goods, encourages state parks and trails that are closed to open. It allows people to gather outdoors while following social distancing guidelines with up to 10 people. It opens childcare to working families and encourages North Carolinians to wear cloth face coverings. Um, this does not change. Stay-at-home room order remains, like I said. Mass gatherings, generally limited to no more than 10 people. Teleworking still encouraged. Social distancing, obviously. Restaurants and, ba- restaurants and bars remain closed for dine-in service. Personal care and grooming businesses, including barbershops, beauty, nail, and tanning salons, tattoo parlors remain closed. Entertainment facilities, including movie theaters, bowling alleys, performance venues remain closed. Fitness facilities, health, such as health clubs and gyms, remain closed. People may leave their homes to obtain medical services. I think that's normal. Um, we should have brought Jason Baker on here
2: and had the two Jasons on because, you know, he's we would have never
1: been able to say a sentence. Oh, yeah. Jason, <laughs> you talk so much. There's not a that's chance of hell. It would be a
2: one-hour monologue. If for any reason <laughs> that you're listening to this right now, I didn't answer your phone call earlier today because I figured that that's what You really probably had happened. something to do
1: with the rest of your day. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Jason, but God uh we'll bring him on one of these times i'd love to have him Well, on. he
2: spent so much money on i mean thousands and thousands of dollars getting his shop to the point where it was more sanitary yeah. than a hospital mm-hmm. um he had um things that i don't know how to pronounce he had them in there to just have the place <laughs> so clean with all of these social distancing things in order, and it's just like it didn't matter because then five days after he implemented all that stuff is like,
1: boom, fuck right. you. The only other two things from that list that I was saying is playgrounds are still closed and visitation continues to be banned at long-term long term care facilities, which that sort of bums me out the most to think about, which obviously that's it makes the, the only, most sense. That's the only one that stays closed through all the phases. Yeah. That makes the most sense, but it's also just like, God, that's what keeps some of these people... Alive, seeing their family, well, so and not just sitting there. So, remember when I was in there? the
2: parking lot, and I got out of the car, and then I was like, damn, this is super long, and you thought I was reading something else. Okay. So, I was reading a story on Charlotte 5 about this lady who went to a coffee shop. I can't remember the name of the coffee shop, but she tried to open the door, and it was locked, but she saw two women in there behind the counter, and she knocked on the door. They came and opened the door, and they were visibly crying, so she asked what was going on. You heard about that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the... The two that were working at the coffee shop, it's family-owned, operated, so it was mother-daughter. Uh, the mother's father had just died. Oh, okay, sorry. He, that was a misunderstanding. He did not die. It's just that her uh, Greek or Russian accent, I can't remember what, was so strong that she misused some words, so he didn't die. But he's in hospice in the hospital, and they had just gotten off the phone, and they were so sad because they... Like, he has to die alone. Right, yeah, and that was,
1: when I wrote that story a month ago about uh, a nurse here at Atrium who was uh, sort of uh, complaining as a negative stigma, but <laughs> speaking out, I guess, about the lack of PPE at her hospital, she was saying that she didn't really think, nobody was, everyone, all the nurses and medi- the folks who weren't experts were just taking it as less not as seriously the same way we all were until the time when they shut off visitation for folks who were clearly on their deathbeds yeah. and like their family couldn't come say their goodbyes which is a pretty normal thing in hospitals and that's scary all, to think about
2: we all die alone
1: yeah but you can die That's let's not get existential here <laughs> because you can still be surrounded by your loved ones
3: it's also just about like I have respect for the fellow people man I went to right. You know, I live on the east side over by Eastland, mm-hmm. and um, you drop in the food line over there, there's a lot of older people. Everybody in there is wearing masks and stuff. I had to go to the other side of p- part of town, maybe younger people live at, went to a Harris Theater.
1: Whiter people? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Whiter anyone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and there's some old people in there shopping and stuff like that. Right. 90% of the people in there literally had nothing on, and they're like all up in your face. I'm right. like, my oh, man, like... Yeah, you need to go. Like, like, I'm glad that you're like buff and like you know
1: you're invincible.
3: <laughs> and you're, you know, but like the old lady next to you might not. be. That's
1: the thing that people don't understand the about masks. Dude
2: almost touched me at the gas station when <laughs> I was on my way here. I put up a tweet and said, "When am I, when am I allowed to start punching people who are less than six feet away from me?" Like, and did you get guy. a six foot yeah. wingspan? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's what I got.
1: <laughs> um, no, but that's what people don't understand about masks is that you're not wearing it because you're scared of. Uh, or or because you think you're gonna catch it, and if you feel confident you're not gonna catch it, um, then you don't have to wear one. Like that's bullshit.
2: More often than not, you're gonna be asymptomatic. Yeah, and
1: you're gonna be the carrier who might give it off to someone else because and you're not you're wearing a mask. Go, you know? You're gonna
2: go from carrier to asshole. Right. And that's not an adjective. That's not an adjective transition. Well, that's why a lot of NBA
3: players, man, they they. Like, oh, a lot of what? NBA, like, oh, yeah, like 10 dudes and this team got, and nobody, everybody's completely fine because right. they're, they're in shape, they're young, they're working out every day. Um, right. oh, so it's just, man, it's, don't but it's a, also
1: at random. There's been Olympic, I mean, I understand the absolute stats show that, um, I think every person who's died so far in Mecklenburg County, at least as of last Friday, I haven't checked if this is still up to date this week, but, uh, as of last week, every single person who died was over 50, and, um, had underlying health conditions. Now, that's not to say that those people don't need protection. First of all, that's the biggest thing. I hate the fact that I can't, you know, as Justin knows, because he attends every week, that I go to brunch with my parents every single week before this happened. And I'm missing my parents so damn much. And, like, Mother's Day is coming up on Sunday. I've always been a mama's boy. Uh, I know my dad listens to every one of these podcasts. I love you, too, and miss you, too. I missed his birthday, as well. But, I mean, I'm missing the shit out of that family, Um That family time, and I'm not going to be able to do that for the longest period. I mean, that amount of period of time is just going to keep extending as long as people are just being idiots about ah, who needs a mask? Fuck it. And
3: and it's not that same thing. My mom, my parents, you know, they can't really see my their grandkids, man. You know, right? Yeah. We all live here in town, and you know, it's I know it's it's hurting them, you know, and it's like like you guys gotta play volleyball when you go to the park. You can't just. walk or just, you know, if you're going to sit, like, make sure you're far away or with just with your partner or whatever, like, you, you legit, man, you got to play, you got to fucking play volleyball in the right. park, like, you just got to be that guy. You got to bring the net and, and <laughs> pitch like, the net. Bring and your and own your net, beard yeah. Because, yeah. like, I'm telling you right now, like, if there ain't no football, All right. I need, sport. I need something, man, like, this... if
1: there's not Michigan football specifically, yeah. yes. Chase is going to lose his shit.
3: Know, I'm, I'm watching Korean baseball, ESPN, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> Andy uh, Go, my I roommate, know. man,
1: he's over there watching, I come out in the living room and he's watching the 94 Olympics, he's watching, I mean, he life- watched a random Monday Night Football Panthers game the other night, that was from seven years ago. That's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I
2: know that my mom and sister listen to this, so I just want to jump back to that for a second. Uh, mom, I know that this Sunday is Mother's Day. You do not have to remind me, Bethany, neither do you. Um, and this is also not the longest that I've gone without seeing you guys. So My
1: mom told me today, don't worry about Mother's Day. I was like, you don't get to say that. Yeah. I'm worried about Mother's Day. You're going to get some package to your door next week. <laughs> but I can't guarantee that you're going to get anything delivered to you, but I'll say that. <laughs> hey, Bethany, I just finally re- uh, accepted your friend request. That was from months <laughs> ago. I didn't even know you were there. I checked. I have 123 friendly glasses. I can't. I I don't look at them often. Mr. Popular. No, it's not a humble brag. It's just I don't get on Facebook that much. Um, Where do we go from here? (laughs) So, I mean, mean, it's from all the experts I've listened to, listening to, uh, like, up, not up first, what's it called? The Daily, a New York Times podcast every morning and stuff like that, where they have some really good experts come on and try to explain the situation the best that I can understand it. I mean, from what I understand, the second wave is... Is almost um, it's just an underst- it's a hundred percent going to happen. It's just about how and when it happens. They explained it as the hammer and the dance, where the hammer is when you flatten out the curve, and then the dance is slowly dancing out to your house and seeing how many people.
2: Ted is so fucking. I mean. Yeah. What do you call that an anal-
1: That's not an analogy. Uh, yeah, no, it's just a metaphor, I think. Whatever. Ted's odd. <laughs> but like, yeah, you can Google it, the hammer and the dance. But it's just like I'm not going to be a part of that dance. I'm gonna stay in for a little I mean, while.
3: I listen to that every morning too, then I'm just you know I have felt a sense of dread this yeah, I have a sense of extra sense of dread the rest to my day. it's great. right but, uh, I, but we're gonna we'll get through this. This will eventually go away, you know, right. like everything unless you know the aliens come, which they announced aliens. yeah, and then they just threw that in. Cared. That was the definition of a news dump.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. you didn't see that. Justin, I can't believe <laughs> you. <laughs> well,
2: aliens have never been anything I've ever cared about. So what happened? Well, <laughs> you're about to care now. I'm gonna find this video. Uh, this was you know, just
1: a I week mean, or two ago.
3: We'll, we'll, we'll get through this eventually, but we just gotta like. I mean, imagine if it was like the '80s. You had two fucking channels, and you didn't. You know, we got oh, sure. Netflix. It could be way got. worse. What? Yeah, I mean, there's so much you can do. And then I've been learning Spanish, and I'm taking two online courses right go. now. You know, I mean, use this time to. You know, see what's important and like all that stuff. I mean, people say that, but it's true, man. Use this time to reevaluate a bunch of stuff and figure out what's yeah. bullshit and what's not. Because there's a lot of bullshit that we were all. This is like a reset. Let's try to use some kind of positivity from it, but we gotta like let it happen and not just bring it on. Because it's, I'm telling you, that's the thing with the restaurants. That's why I said it's gonna be three or four more times. Yeah. And the and you can't expect the government to just keep throwing billions of dollars at it and like bailing people out because it's not gonna happen. They could Alright, here's
1: a video that the government released and confirmed.
3: You guys you guys keep talking. And then, <laughs> and then literally it's like, nobody cared.
1: Right. And it's like, cool. And they man. were like, well the thing is, those videos have been seen for and they've been, they been Air Force veterans who for have said, like, 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 I saw this. It's for them
3: to be like, hey man, we don't know what the fuck this yeah. is. Like. And then people were just like, hey, man, just take us at this point. You know, like, whatever. (laughs) Well,
1: now what do we have this week? Murder hornets. Yeah, you know. Justin, I know you know about murder hornets.
2: Oh, I used to be so afraid of um, killer bees. Murder hornets? Oh, killer bees. And this sounds like killer bees. Killer bees, bees, just bigger. But works. Yeah. I'm just glad somebody's talking about the hornets and sometimes. Right. (laughs) I I used to be fucking terrified of killer bees. I would have nightmares about them.
1: Um, so, so did you see I, I, that with
2: So all I saw was they're just some the what the pilots are the best are like, dude, yeah. bro, like why don't I know what that is? I'm like what the fuck man? <laughs> I gotta like listen to this and watch yeah. it full screen. Yeah. So so what, UFOs UFO is flying?
1: Yeah, it's basically just an aircraft that it's, like, it's doing no, things. There's that, no possible way If there is no, any you
2: know? alien listening to this podcast? I'll punch you so hard in the face, you have no idea. Only if you
1: get within six feet, though. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> if you keep your distance, we can be friendly. But if you live, at, like I watched, who's that movie I watched? I watched a movie recently. You've been
1: watching a lot of movies. I get texts every time. <laughs> who's
2: not? If you're listening to this. You've been li- you've been watching a lot of movies. Uh, Is these aliens that lived off of water? It Battle L A. So it's not a oh. new movie. It's just an old movie? And they invaded. Because they wanted our water. Well, if you're an alien you're listening to this, you want our water, like, come fucking get it.
1: Yeah, and don't come to the Catawba River. <laughs> You'll be drinking collab.
2: And because, don't we're all so- you. because we're all social distancing, this is a good time for an alien invasion because they can't just be dropping bombs, killing thousands of people at one time. Yeah. So we have a
1: better chance for a fight. Well, yeah. Arm up. That's why people are <laughs> buying guns. I don't even know <laughs> where to take that conversation. Um, so let's change topics real quick and talk about a little story that I wrote today. I went by. What is happening? The. Um, uh, this, this is uh, what happens when we start to get two beers and two bourbons in. Fucking Um Can I get another bourbon, by the way? Sure. So today I went by the uh, Men's Shelter Urban Ministry Center site on Statesville Avenue, which in 2003, I believe, or was it 2005? Um Literally just wrote the article like two hours ago. 15. Um, no, okay. before then. Um, but okay, so in 2003, this site, the old warehouse, was opened. 2005. I'm sorry. Okay, in 2005, this warehouse was designed as an emergency winter shelter for Charlotte homeless people, uh, Charlotte homeless neighbors, as we call them. Um, we talked about that with Stacy last time. community. With we we yes. humanize them. Um, And it was just meant to be a place to sort of be an overflow shelter from the one, uh, the men's shelter near Uptown, North Tryon. And as we've all seen, the homeless population has risen dramatically in the years since. uh, It's been 15 years since then, but especially in the last five years. And now it is... Just in the last three years, those percentages are pretty alarming. That emergency shelter is now at full capacity all the time. Uh, It was at 180 beds, 180 people. Uh, at the beginning of this crisis, they brought it down to 132 to achieve social distancing. Excuse me. And now they are kickstarting because of a one million dollar donation that came Surprise in the last donation. week. Surprise donation! Surprise donation from the Levine Foundation. Howard Levine. Um, he gave a hundred million dollars. Whoa, one million dollars <laughs> to um, the Men's Shelter and Urban Ministry to kickstart the construction of this. So Liz Clausen-Kelly is the CEO of Urban Ministry and Men's Shelter, told me today that she was just sort of with her staff trying to figure out how are we going to roll out phase one and two of this? How are we going to announce this? How are we going to let people know and, and start this fundraising drive? And then she got the word in the middle of the pandemic that uh, Howard Levine wanted to do this, and now they're just ready, rearing to go. They started construction earlier this week, uh, yesterday actually, being Wednesday. Sorry, you're going to hear this on Friday. And I went by there today being Thursday. <laughs> just say the day. Thursday. From
2: now on, for, yeah. the rest of the, for the rest of the life of this podcast, until we'll next just, week, we'll just say the day.
1: Um, but so they started construction, and this is going to be a new facility that is about 15,000 square feet as opposed Huge. to the 8,500. So it's almost doubled. Uh, it's going to add a kitchen, it's going to add laundry services, it's going to add a group room for classes, a mobile computer lab. And perhaps even more importantly, the thing Liz was most uh, excited about is they're gonna have offices there for services, including um, jobs, I wanted to call it job therapy. What is it called? Training. Job train? like just job transitional, consultation.
2: Transitional services. Yes, like exactly. Maybe practicing for interviews. Yeah. Right, stuff possibly. like that, exactly. and um, Which is incredible because all of that is generally offsite. Right. Even at the, even at the, even at the,
1: even at the Urban the Ministry, one. the yeah. North China? yeah, it's also
2: offsite there. Urban right?
1: Ministry has some uh, so. services like that. So How that big is Urban the Ministry?
2: Did you Urban, dive into that one? What's the square feet of that I one? I don't know the
1: square feet of that one, but they There's have a terrible uh, reporter. It's in my it's in my last story. It's in <laughs> one of the fucking thousand stories that I read. Uh, you can't hit me this this far into the podcast with any sort of facts. I don't I won't remember them. But so this one is was originally planned to do 194 beds um they're gonna think that they're gonna scale that down a little bit because of the i hate to say this i know people cringe the new normal uh they're gonna start planning for social dis- distancing because it's gonna open in february of next year
2: see what i brought this up on the last podcast or whenever i brought it up is that sounds like they're planning for the short term what about Three four years from now, when this right. isn't a thing anymore, well then they can. But the homelessness will still be a problem. Well my worse. my much
1: worse. Well my assumption is that they're not going to build it so that more people can't be added. Well, well, they're what, just going to well, space out the beds a little bit more. I know
2: they want to do the, the pods, which gives right. them more privacy because some people don't want to stay there because they feel you know their theft, privacy's being invaded, um, yeah. or theft or things like that. So I totally get it. it's great, but so they're going from 180 beds, right?
1: Um, well they had that had uh, their current. Went down to 132. Uh, Yeah, but they were. Their original was 194 for this one.
2: See, and that was the thing from the get go. That I I get that they're using that space for the transitional services, which Mm -hmm. is great. But it just isn't like 14, 14 more beds.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I get that. But the big thing... more
2: beds with 1,500 more homeless people from last year's right, point. But I think now. the
1: big thing about this is offering actual services. This is... And she's, I couldn't go in today because she I, said it's... I
2: did talk to her on the phone one time, and yeah, she did say that that's, that's their that's biggest the main thing, is thing, is thing. the, the main offering goal services. Is not to offer shelter. It's right. to get them to the Because no right
1: support. now, it's a warehouse with cots. Yes. It was never supposed to be what it is right now. Sure. And I'm they're going to actually I mean, now turn into... no. Sorry, I just burped right in the mic. Uh, That's the exact important question that people need to be asking is, why is this a big deal that we're only adding 14 beds from the last uh, one? Well,
2: I hope that people that do get mad and ask that question realize it on their own like I did while we were talking about it. That that the goal is to get people out of having to use those services.
1: Right. Get more people homes. People are going to
2: live on the streets regardless like One thing that I know Ryan knows and that I've found out recently from doing some reporting on homelessness is a lot of people don't want to go stay in those shelters. They don't feel safe. They don't feel cared for. Whether that be their own perception of it or how those shelters are actually handled, I don't know because I've never been in that situation. But what I do know is that whether they live in the shelter or they don't live in the shelter, they want to not be there.
1: Right. They want stability. That's That's all they want.
2: So that's good. I love that. Yeah. And it's so awesome to hear that Howard Levine was just like, fucking, I'm going to give them a million dollars. They don't even know. I like, I, like,
1: I like this quote on this uh, story, which was just in a press release. I didn't talk to him today, but he said, many of those served by the shelter are working in jobs, making $8 or $9 an hour, There simply are not affordable places for them to live in our community. And that's something we talked about with Stacey a lot, that people don't understand about the homeless community, is that a lot of them are working. Yeah. Because you're only... Um, your only, what's the word, interaction with a lot of folks in the homeless community is gonna be someone asking you for a dollar. That's not to say that that person doesn't also work. That's not to say that that person is any less than the people who do work. Um, I have no problem with that. We've written at, at extent about that panhandling thing as well. I'm just saying, if your only interaction is that, then you're only, especially if you have no, you've never met anyone or have any friends who are living through that struggle, then you, then you're only, you're more apt to think, non non-empath- unempathetically, non-empathetically, and and say, oh, well, these people don't want to do anything. Jason, uh, how you feel yeah. about our homeless
3: population? <laughs> I think is a serious problem. I've, you know, I was, I moved here with my family from the, um, when I was younger, so I was raised here, and man, you hardly ever saw homeless people, you know, and and. and um, I, would go, I remember, like, I think my first year in college, I went to Queens, so I actually stayed here in, in, um, in town for for college. And uh, I went to Atlanta. I was like, holy shit, man, there was just so many homeless people, you know? Right. And now, you see it every year. You know, you see more and more and more. You know, you get on the, the light, oh, here's our brand new light rail that's going mm-hmm. through Noda. And you get on the light rail going to the Hornets game, and you look down, and there's all these tents. Mm-hmm all of my like damn man you know like what can we do and you feel you just don't have any idea you No, know, right. if you live you know if you live 30 minutes from the center city of the area you don't even see it at all and yeah. you don't even know it's no, a problem yeah. you know at, it. all. at all you get
1: on the freeway and you're yeah you're past yeah, you
3: survive by
2: being around other people
1: so right. you
3: have to be as close to the city and, as possible and it's um I mean what do we do you know we gotta figure it out. I don't have the answers obviously but I do see it Jason problem. we have brought you on here to solve homelessness <laughs> I mean I you know I, I wish that after, after all this gets figured out and we see where the service industry is I hope that maybe in some way all the breweries or the breweries that come have food have some kind of way to incorporate some job training into well... With us, you know, because there is a... I think Free Range does a great job. There's a... I forget the name of the... There's a place off Monroe. And it's like a culinary school for, like, people that were in jail or went mm-hmm. through hard times. And they, they place them in restaurants after they finish the training. Stuff like that's great because the service industry is a great place for people to just start. And the, people will train you, man. It's a great right. place to get into. entry level. You don't need a college degree and
1: this and that. But, Anthony Bourdain used to call it yeah, the great yeah, equalizer but in after, that same sense.
3: You know, after this, how many service industry jobs will be available because there'll be there will be less restaurants. Well, that's well the, there are
1: always that's the scary we, part.
2: when I was a when I was a GM manager, front of house, back house doesn't matter. Uh, there's always jobs in the service yeah, industry sure. because keeping cooks, people people see the front of house and their servers and they, uh, they make a relationship with their bartender and their server but they don't understand that turnover in the Dude, kitchen. We, oh, yeah. I need somebody to come work a Saturday a, night. We, we
3: have a great crew right now in the kitchen. but We have a 600 square foot restaurant and we had right. a hard time finding people. Like, right. I mean, mm-hmm. three people. We need, we need three people. It was, you know, it's impossible. And hopefully after this too, people will, the general population, will not just look at us as like servers or people mm-hmm. who serve them like the service industry, hopefully, will have a better standing in people's minds, and it always should. It should have anyway. Right. You know, this these are not easy jobs. No. Yeah. You gotta deal with oh, motherfuckers. Yeah. I mean, it's, you look it's, at the you,
1: way that people suck. You suck. Look at the way <laughs> AOC is treated as a congresswoman now, and you're, oh, you're just, just a bartender. No, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a that's joke.
3: Like, it's, a, it's not an easy job. You got to deal with multiple person. Even if you're having a bad day, you can't show it. Right. You can't let out. You know, the person. That's Justin's biggest struggle. <laughs> bro, we can't sit there and be like, dude, let me tell you about my day. It sucks. They're like, man, fuck you. Don't yeah, give me <laughs> a drink. I need to tell you about my bad yeah, day. No, it's supposed to go the other way around, you know? So hopefully, and, and obviously, there's much more important. You know, the nurses, the things they're doing are way more important right now. But I hope people do see how important the service entry is. And these are good jobs. These are not just like, oh, I can't get. Because like this whole time, I was like, oh, I'm going to get some corporate job, you know, nine to five. You know, when I was in college, I was playing basketball a little bit. A couple of years, I played basketball. At Queens, I was like, I'm gonna go work at Nike, man. You know, like yeah. you don't know any fucking better. Yeah. You know, like you think that, you just show that Nike and get a job. <laughs> it's like the you George know? Costanza. I started, you know, How about a, managing a baseball team? <laughs> man, I watch baseball. You know, like and then I had a, my freshman year in college. I was playing basketball. You know, it's hard, man. You're it's a full time job along with going to school, mm-hmm. and. And then I had a, my daughter, I had a kid, my freshman in college, I was 19, with my, my high school girlfriend. And like, I was like, shit, I gotta fucking work, man. Mm-hmm. So I started working at, shout out to Carabas on South End, that's gone. That was my first Carrabba's. corporate gig, you know, and busting tables. I started out busting tables. Mm-hmm. And you just fucking go from there. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get a corporate job. And then when I was, right before I opened Salute, I actually got a corporate job. Mm-hmm. I had to take a Series 7 fucking passed it the first time did all that bullshit and I was like get me the fuck <laughs> out yeah, of here man!" oh I couldn't imagine I, I mean, can't do it look if anybody if you're listening if you know me you look at me and you can imagine me wearing a tie and you would laugh because <laughs> yeah. I'm just not that guy
1: I cleaned carpets for 10 yeah. years before I got and shout out to Prestige Chem the <laughs> best that you can get but and I could never nothing, do the corporate and thing and so. nothing
3: wrong with the cor- of course nothing wrong with it That's everybody has their own thing but it just wasn't for me but right. I thought that's what I wanted and I went back. I was like, you know what, man? Those years set me up to run my own business and, and take people in the service industry and take care of people. Because I mm-hmm. see so many people who want to get into beer because it's cool. Right. Like, I heard you can make a bunch of money, which I was laugh. You know, you can make a bunch All of right. money doing anything. Yeah, do and like that. if <laughs> you, you if you have it, it's almost like.
1: We're still trying, but we're gonna.
3: It's almost like uh, you know, some countries are like, you got to be in the military for two years. Like, you should be a fucking server for a year. Oh, I agree. <laughs> just to, to yeah. just for the behavior that yeah. your, to, you showed towards your, towards your people, just, just to humble yourself, man. Right. You know, like learn. not only
1: to humble yourself, but how you treat your servers. Yeah. But sorry, I didn't mean to cut Yeah, down. and
3: like just learn how to take care of people, because you're dealing with people from all walks of life. You have to make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, and you gotta like, is a person having a bad day? Hello. That was me. I,
1: oh. It was the oh God, I was like, I got a notification. We got a <laughs> Gong Show. We still have. Up, B. We still have ten hours and thirty minutes where we have space on my memory card. I, so I was, was like, what the fuck? I thought
3: this is like the Chappelle Show. It's like wrap it up, B. Yeah, <laughs> no, we no wrap it up, B. Here. But you gotta like, you gotta see cues. Like, hey, is that person having a bad day? Make them when they walk out the door. Make them fucking happy. Right. You can't make them happy because yeah. we're serving them alcohol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean you alcohol can, and food and food that's it you can make them happy right so the, you know and then just like that's a fucking skill man. it is it's a skill
1: I absolutely I want to jump
3: back to what you said about when we were talking about
2: uh, you curing the world's homeless problem
1: <laughs> yep yeah, because Jason's gonna
2: <laughs> you said that you know hopefully the the food and beverage industry can help by uh, offering job training which I love because you weren't just like oh, well, we can partner up and make some food and give some food out. And it's like, yeah, of course people need to be fed, but right. I love that your your first thought was to go to job training because of the transitional aspect when of I, that. When
1: I was out in the at that encampment, um, I remember the guys just saying, like, stop bringing us fucking Bojangles and leaving it on the street. <laughs> He's like, rats, come out here when you do that. Give me a job. He's like, come out here and talk to us. We all want to work out here, but Jason... Let, that was during the thing is, a lot of people
2: won't hire you if you don't have the skills to accomplish what they're looking for and, and the one thing i've learned from being a business owner was just owning the newspaper mm-hmm. is you don't have to fucking know what you're doing in order to do it because i've never done this before but i had a passion for it i have a work drive i'm a work horse like i knew that it was something i wanted to do so i learned everything about it and it's just like you know You know, giving food is great because people need to eat, and it's just like, even if you were offering them the opportunity to teach them how to work a job or offer them a job, they're not going to eat that day because of it. Yeah, I think the biggest thing you can
1: do if if you're not an employer specifically is bring food out to folks when you see them but also talk to them that's their main thing don't fucking drop food on the street and leave because you're too scared to talk to someone and what
2: i've always heard from people is if if you aren't a person that can like you say offer something like that but you want to help it's it's not best for you to go out on your own and help it's best for you to support the organizations that are out there every day Mm -hmm. doing it because they know the people who are most negatively impacted. Right. So unless you're looking to make that your life goal, right. like these people Yeah, talk do. to Stacey and Deb yeah. and the folks that
1: we talked to and the last support week.
3: Support them. And these, and these the homeless people, man, they're, they're, you know, there's this, oh, they're just dumb with their mental problems. Man, street smarts get you just right. as far in that world than Further your not, MBA or whatever bullshit degree you got. Mm-hmm. They're
1: smart people, man. They smell bullshit. So there is no... Teacher for common sense like that. No, exactly. experience. I mean, their
3: their life has taught them just to survive, and and they're gonna they're gonna see you a mile away if you're coming with, if you're not coming correct, you know. So again, work with the people who can help. Because I don't know how to I don't know how to talk to. you, I don't want like, to the show up there like hey man, here's some pizza. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like well yeah. Well, I mean that 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 helps them for those fifteen minutes. I'm way, a guy I, I never met before. Are you hungry? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but here's I mean, the honest, it's like here's another white dude showing up with food. I mean, yeah. You know, I don't. You got to find a way to work and maybe after all this once we get to some sense of normalcy we're not all this working trying to survive but mm-hmm. businesses we can all kind of get together with like-minded other people in the service industry and I have an idea of some people who would already really be down for it not mm-hmm. Jim Noble he <laughs> might he
2: might offer that transitional hey.
1: from prison shit I'm like, but uh, he doesn't like gay people I fucking so fuck him. I fucking hate Jim Noble as a person but when I was out there Doing the um, block love Charlotte thing as soon as we ran out of meals, King's Kitchen rolled up with a huge trailer, and just had a bunch of meals, and those people don't care. Totally get it. They're gonna eat yeah. it. Yeah. So that's fine. Keep doing that, Jim. Yeah. But man. you're an asshole. I think well, um, we
3: do that for the <laughs> for the fucking for be, the optics. Because yeah. A lot of times too, and I've heard this from like city council people. Like they look at us as like, oh, you're just some gentrifying brewery. I wanted to talk yeah, about that yeah, more. That's, that's bullshit, oh, man. Because oh, at know the end of the day, you know. It, that's bullshit to me.
1: Well, people view it as a harbinger, and it's the opposite. It's it's a business coming into a... A what? A harbinger like, oh, a brewery came. That means now the neighborhood's going to get gentrified. That's not how this um, works. Yeah, yeah. There is a demand that's being met by people who are starting local-owned businesses, and they're not bringing any gentrification into a specific place. Um cool. I will say what we pride ourselves on as a brewery, and this is
3: ironic because I'm a fat white guy with a beard. Right. But you get the, oh, breweries is fat white dudes with beards, <laughs> which God, is... I, Listen, yeah, I'm a skinny white like guy with a beard. I'm glad that I'm not I a get, part of this. But we, provide, we, we, we pride ourselves on, on being diverse, man. We have a super, super diverse crowd for a brewery, right. man. And we pride oh, ourselves... Oh, absolutely. On, and I see more at other breweries, too. I, I'm starting to see it, you know. Um, That's why... You know, during these times a lot of people from that speak Spanish or from other countries are kinda of getting targeted. So we wanted to make sure when we opened that we really we were called Salusa We wanted to you know, my wife's Dominican, we wanted to mm-hmm. promote that and not hide yeah. from it, you know, like we're we're different, man. We host yeah. a Latin night. We host
1: and the, this Latin night is yeah, jumping. Yeah, man, and we get you get it. American people, you get
3: you know, Latin American people you What get, do you call the other
1: night? You have another night yeah, with another a
3: team that we have the um the other which gravitate, great, maybe like, that's the one I'm thinking of. Last night, yeah, and like um, live percussion. It's great, man. Yeah. It's like this great energy, and this is like these these are these are a lot of friends of mine, Latin friends of mine, have had for years, man. They Don't get here. it twisted. Salud
1: is a minority woman-owned business. No, <laughs> halfway at least, yeah, partially, yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah.
3: But it's you know it's like at the end of the day these. these it's not this like, oh, you got to sell Corona. No, that's bullshit, man. No, yeah. you don't, man. People <laughs> want to drink. They look, but at the
1: same time, Corona's suffering right yeah, now because of this virus. of this Corona,
3: is. would it sell? we got to get Corona uh, back on the map. Modelo. <laughs> I'll
1: say Modelo don't <laughs> okay. It. But, uh, you know, I'll people, buy, they, they like craft
3: beer, man. Like, this, right. like, it's not. Yeah. It's
1: just, you got to look good. You have to be welcoming yeah. and inclusive in a real way as opposed to just, I mean...
2: But you're also right from earlier that people know their shit nowadays, and so you gotta be on when point, you're, man. Yeah, when you're running you a bottle shop or brewing your own beer, you gotta be and carrying and brewing. Like, trust me, good stuff.
3: Trust me, active. people love calling you out, man. Yeah, <laughs> trust me. They, oh yeah, they don't. We're in the them, media, man. They call them beer snobs for they love a reason. It, man. People love it. They 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 wait. They, there's people that live for that shit. And that's, yeah. I mean, there's hate. I mean, there's, that's anything in life, you know. There's. There's underlying issues of people who do that. They're. they're Listen, yeah, something.
1: we're in the media. There are people who live to do nothing else but the three bar Try to make us look that I've stupid. Run
3: have you, all been. Do you around see now though that there's less of that? Maybe people are more like empathetic, or they see like. Grace the period, yeah. yeah. Well, now today, <laughs> yeah.
1: Cinco de Mayo, Goddamn.
2: Like <laughs> if, if if Cinco de Mayo never happened. Listen, I'm not blaming Sabor. <laughs> I, I think people I was, are fucking stupid, not Sabor. I was seeing that only because of the thing that we're in today yeah. but I wholeheartedly believe mm-hmm. that if in phase 2 restaurants open for a limited capacity that you're you're absolutely right they they're over it in their head mm-hmm. and people are going to start leaving shit reviews so, and they're going to stop going to places because it's, it's human nature like, yeah it's human nature like people are just like they're done they're everybody's so entitled that when they feel like they can go back out in the public that if they go to a bar or a restaurant and there and
3: there are less people there, that they need to get everything. I will say, right. uh, pro tip: when you go out with your partner, friend, whatever, Valentine's Day, go out the day before or the day after. Yeah. Cinco de Mayo on Taco Tuesday. Yeah. Go out, yeah. Maybe, maybe just maybe the day before or the day
1: after. I that went. This all the way back to don't be an idiot. <laughs> I went to Three Amigos yesterday. Okay, Wednesday, Wednesday. sorry. <laughs> Wednesday, the day after Tigo de Mayo. Let's just say it that way. Uh, it, to do a delivery. And that was, um, usually Three amigas is really backed up. They, they've not quite gotten but on their Wednesday takeout was fine, game. Wednesday right? It was a line all the way, and they ran through it really quick. So yes, it was fine. Probably because people were ordering. I had bad
2: experiences that they had on Cinco de Mayo, and that's the thing is, when restaurants and shit open back up, people are gonna have bad experiences, and whether they Yelp or not, they're just gonna stop.
1: (laughs) I heard that as the literal meaning of Yelp, (laughs)
3: like as a verb. (laughs) Yeah, like they're
2: gonna have bad experiences, whether or not they (laughs) go. I think. Oh, you mean that (laughs) verb? Yelp. Because I think I think Internet Yelp. Is a verb
1: now. Yeah. Listen, I love Nikki and everything she does.
2: She's not the only Yelp person on the planet. I know. Plan. But she's Nikki. I mean, she's Yelp she's Charlotte. She's Nikki
1: Charlotte. <laughs> she's Yelp Charlotte. And I love what she does with her events and her holding down restaurants and this and that. But I'm and talking about Yelp cool. reviewers themselves, all of them, I could not give a shit less about what you have to say. I know that anything. you don't
2: watch South Park, but that was my in my top 10 favorite episodes of South Park. Any like online Yelp review. <laughs>
1: oh really episode. I will watch that see I know it's genius I just can't stand those voices Ryan Ryan doesn't watch South Park you watch he South Park Jason? yes I
3: can't do the
1: voices man Ugh. he so I have, my ears Park, I have a
2: South <laughs> Park I have a South Park reference much. for everything <laughs> in my life <laughs> <laughs> because South Park has encompassed everything in my life but I can't share them with him because he doesn't fucking watch it because he can't stand well, the
1: voices well I can't share MASH with him because he doesn't watch MASH yeah because I'm not fucking
2: 72 years old <laughs>
3: I can do really good King of the Hill voices super random let's hear oh, one we're going to roll out of here soon mm-hmm. so what let's... time is it yeah, I got to go actually
1: yeah. oh, okay we've gone uh, well over an hour but that's fine because this is a great conversation but let's let's hear some King of the Hill Bobby if you were my son, I'd hug you <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> I kind of want to I kind of want to respond as Bobby but I don't even remember also I mumbo so people call me boom anyway
3: yeah <laughs> I I like Dale. What's his name? His name
1: is Dale, right? Is that the one in the wife beater? That was a good show.
2: No. No. no, uh, Fucking. What's the fat guy's name? (laughs) Wife beater. No, Dale's the But I'm talking about Dale Gribble.
1: Oh, are you talking about King of the Hill still? Yes.
2: Pest control guy. Uh, The hot wife. The hot animator I'm. I'm missing.
1: I just remember. Whatever. All right, guys. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna wrap this thing up because we clearly need to go uh, shout out to Darylin your <coughs> wife at home I'm, I hope she listens to this we would have loved to have her on I'll make, but I'll make her definitely that sounded horrible if she wants to listen I'll make, make her yeah. listen I, that, that hey, I it like that Trust, sit anybody, down listen to this podcast if, if
3: anybody knows my wife I don't oh, like her doing no anything. She, absolutely she not she tells me I'm just fucking play.
1: shout out to both of our moms all of our moms on Mother's Day yeah um, hey, you're welcome and shout out to Caroline and Jennifer who are listening to this as they drive back to Charlotte on Friday. Yes.
2: Who the fuck are they?
1: Well, you know Caroline. Uh, Jennifer okay. is Caroline her and sister, his sister listening to this podcast for the very first time. Sure. Right. Uh, I had another his shout out. just in love. There was another shout out. You shout
2: out people all the time. Just well, I just wanted to been, save it all to the end. This has been Queen City Nerves New Sounds Podcast. Thanks for listening.
1: We'll see you. Cheers.